to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie. We both have 14-month-old boys. It still is crazy to say that double digit out loud, but we are here talking about all things real motherhood from A to Z and everything in between. And we are excited to be with you all tonight for episode number 10. Speaking of double digits, Emma, look at I us. I know. We're getting so old and seasoned, even though, yeah, <laughs> no, that's not true at all. We're still, we, we're still we were, totally screwing up mic issues and all sorts okay, of problems. If we were so. seasoned, your husband wouldn't have been helping us with sound issues two nights ago. Bless his heart. Yeah, well, it, you know what? Not the first and probably won't be the last that's time. True. So. That's true. Oh, well, so. no sweat over it. So, well, hi, guys. Welcome to episode 10. So, uh, last week, me and Mackenzie chatted all about our own breastfeeding journeys and jumping into baby feeding and how that road has gone for us. So we're excited to get into today's episode. Um, but first, a reminder to just check us out. Visit us on Instagram. Um, if you have any friends that you think would like our page, any new mamas that uh, might relate to our podcast, uh, please feel free to tag them and give us a shout out. So that would be awesome and much appreciated. Yep, we would very much appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. Well, tonight we are tremendously excited to welcome with us Alicia Peterson. She is the owner of Mama Bird Lactation Services, based out of Arizona. So obviously, I'm up in Rhode Island, Emma's down in Georgia, but I was born and raised in Arizona. I'm an Arizonan, so I had the great fortune of coming in contact with Alicia through a very good friend of mine there with whom Alicia works as well. So just such a delight to have her on with us tonight. She is a registered nurse and international board certified lactation consultant, so an IBCLC, and that is always a mouthful for me, by the way. I feel like I'm always like, so many letters in a row, but we are just thrilled to have her here. So thanks so much for joining us tonight, Alicia. All right, guys. Well, before we get started with our awesome interview, um, we just want to touch on our highs and lows for the week. Obviously, there's still a lot going uh, going on in the world, so let's get into it. How about you, Mackenzie? What's going on in your world? What are your highs and lows for the week? So highs and lows. Um... Both actually have to do with breastfeeding, despite the fact that there's a lot of COVID-19 craziness going on around us right now. Um, That certainly goes without saying. But I would say that for me, my low of the week was my little buddy Emerson decided to have a mini nursing strike. And so he just, a couple days ago, just decided that he did not want his afternoon nursing session nor his before bed nursing session. And that is not like him. He is a hungry, hungry hippo. And so I was just concerned. I was like, is he weaning early? I even sent Alicia a text. I was like, please tell me what I can do to fix this. I was like, just not emotionally ready for this. Emma, you know, I was having a meltdown. (laughs) And sure enough, it was just a little baby showing us his personality because what do you know, the next morning he was up and at him nursing again, happy as a clam, and he nursed great all day yesterday, all day today. So it just kind of goes to show that I think babies can really truly do their own thing sometimes and as stressful as it is for us as mamas we have to try to be patient because they are their own little people too so I would say my high is not just the fact that he's kind of back on the breastfeeding train but also just that he's been really fun with it just you know toddler nursing like you know he'll he's funny he'll like play peekaboo and smile and laugh in the middle of it and just is it's just neat to have that bond with him that really has changed so much from the early newborn days when I was just trying desperately to keep him awake so those would be mine for today what about you Emma? Um, I'll start with a high. I would say Owen has just been a lot of fun in that he's really picking up on um, just communication and, and verbal stuff. Um, so lately, 
I say, all right, buddy, do you want to go outside? Okay, we got to go get your shoes. And so he runs to his bottom drawer. He pulls out his shoes. He comes, he sits (laughs) down, he hands them to me. And then when he put his shoes on, he goes and stands by the door and waits. And it's just like little stuff like that. Like today he started when I'm like, okay, do you want to eat? He goes and stands by his high chair. And it's just really amazing that just all of a sudden in the course of a week, he's like, this little communicative buddy of mine and he really understands what I'm saying and responds and actually is super helpful at the moment. So anyway, that's just been just, it's just really fun. Really, really fun to watch. Um, my low has been, Oh, my little monkey. He's just, he's just full of energy and he does not want to nap and he is even waking up early and all the things. So we are on a one nap schedule at he's 14 and a half months which is great. We've been doing that for over a month. I don't know, six weeks now. Who knows? Um, but now he went from taking two to three hour naps to like, mm, sure, 40 minutes is good. That's cool. Oh. And, ooh, I'll sleep till 7.15. No, let's get up at six instead. So, like, Mama. we're just really cutting into the hours. And it is really hard right now because, I mean, I'm home with him all day, every day. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. So now oh, losing out hardest. on. You can't even burn time on either end, really. No, I'm just losing it all the way across the board. So it has been a little... Um, exhausting I've had a little mini meltdowns with hubby over just really needing a break so this weekend I hope since he'll be not working this weekend I can take some time I told him I was like I may even just go drive around in my car I was car. literally just gonna tell you, you should yep. you should literally get like yep. gr- grab grab like some snacks drive yeah. in your car park somewhere like yep. next to the beach and just eat a snack in your car and just deep breathe I, t- I totally am thinking about it because it's just even being in the house, you know, I hear every, you know, oh, every so fuss true. and every tantrum yeah. and every moment, like there is no turning it off. And so, yeah, that might be the weekend's activity since things are so exciting around here. But <laughs> anywho, how about you, Alicia? What about your highs and lows this week? So my low would be nap time too. My two-year-old has decided she does not want to nap either. Oh, no. So Solidarity. Which, oh, right. Oh. So we we love naps. I don't know. That's since I worked night shift for eight years, that was like our thing. My kids would all nap with me and oh so it's been hard to like know Aww. that that's coming to an end. No more naps. <laughs> oh so um, she's she's not wanting to nap at all, period. Well, I mean, she'll nap if I lay in bed with her, so <laughs> which Aww. is fine. I love to nap. It's very but, cute, but it's also know. one of those like you don't get any of your time when right. you're napping with yeah. baby. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I it's have sweet two other and, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that would be a low. Um, my high is that we got through week two of homeschooling, I guess you could call it. But um, yeah, and we made it, and we're alive, and everyone's okay. <laughs> and now, how old are your other two children? My two older are seven and five, so first and kindergarten. Okay. So yeah, so you're just in the throes of it. You're you're reliving those years yourself, right? Yes. Having to teach them everything. Yes. So we're getting through it, and luckily, none of the homework is you know required. We're just doing it and getting through it. So it's been nice. Yeah. Well, good. Well, two weeks down, right? And two weeks down. I don't yeah. even know how many I, I more like, weeks. <laughs> I don't think we can really say know. how many more weeks to go. That's the only negative, True. but well, we're like, all doing the best know we can. What day it is? Sometimes I literally I today, don't. Yeah, I just am like. Oh, it does. It doesn't matter. It's this day, this day, that day. Who knows yeah. what day? The other day. <laughs> the only right? the only thing that keeps me in check is my husband is still working a fairly. He's at home, but he's still working kind of a eight thirty to five thirty schedule. So. I do kind of have some context of when he disappears to the upstairs, you know, 
So yeah, that's that's, that's the only thing keeping me in check. So yay, yay yep. Friday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, true. It is. <laughs> it is still Friday, whether or not yeah. the world is crazy or not. We still have Friday tomorrow, so that's yes. a good thing. Well, yeah. So we're going to jump into our episode tonight. So obviously tonight we're chatting about breastfeeding, but before we get begin and, and get more into that, we do just want to mention that obviously so many women choose to breastfeed or combination feed or formula feed so for very, very many different reasons and circumstances, et cetera. And we certainly aren't here to place value on one route or another. We just really wish to share perspectives from various experts and also from ourselves. And so tonight, obviously, we have the great fortune of bringing a breastfeeding expert here with us to chat more about this topic. So we just wanted to to start by saying that because obviously we want to be very inclusive here to everybody's specific journeys, but also we wanted to pay a little bit of attention towards something that for Emma and I has been a really significant part of our journey through motherhood thus far with, with our son. So Again, Alicia, thanks so much for joining us. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and then also your work um, as an RN? Sure. Um, Thanks again for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. Um, So I am a wife. Um, My husband and I have been together for 10 years and we've been married for six. So we have three really adorable kids. Um, I have Bo, he's seven, Kennedy, she's five, and Stella, who is two, and she is still breastfeeding. All of my kiddos have had their own little breastfeeding journey, and um, they all kind of breastfeed for a really long time, and I don't know, I just say I have like the sugar milk or something that <laughs> makes them not want to quit, so <laughs> I don't know what it is, but... Um, which is great, you know, it's works for us, but, um, yeah, I am a registered nurse. I graduated in 2010 and I knew I wanted to work with moms and babies forever. That's what I knew I wanted to do. And so I worked, um, unfortunately I worked med surge, um, for a couple, (laughs) for like a year and a half and then got to move over to labor and delivery. So that was kind of where my journey started with um, my experience with moms and babies and breastfeeding and all of that. So that was really what got me interested in becoming a lactation consultant. So yeah, I um, I worked there five years at a busy um, hospital that was, um, so I worked there, sorry, five years. And um, after my third baby, I decided we needed to make changes like in our life just having three kids is really hard and then working night shift all those things um I decided to leave my job and it was hard because I had been there for eight years um at that hospital so it was a big decision for us and I don't know I just can't imagine having to work the night shift with three kids oh my god I can't imagine having to work the night shift period but much less with three kids that sounds really exhausting it's exhausting. You don't sleep very much. You survive off of four hours and you're just like, I got four hours. Yes. You know, <laughs> and that was It's like living in the win. newborn days all <laughs> right? the time. Yeah. I think that's what made me do well on it, you know, just from having kids and you don't miss as much. So I always, I think night shift is nice for moms because you don't miss those you know, day things because most of the time you're home. (laughs) So true, true. But you're tired. So 
I don't know. If you love your sleep, then maybe it's not for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's neat you had that experience, obviously, as a labor and delivery nurse, because both Emma and I did uh, give birth in in hospitals. And, you know, the individuals that you work with of the nursing staff, like, they are so, so important for you. Those first few moments, I mean, it was a nurse right there when Emerson was, like, minutes old who was helping me figure out how to latch him. And, you know, it just is, it's such such a powerful and important role to play, I think, within, you know, the beginning of of, you know, so many mothers and babies, especially when it comes to breastfeeding. I'm sure you you worked with that day in, day out. Yes. I, yeah, that was my favorite part is just watching that mom, you know, start that journey just right there. And so I always wanted to make sure it was a positive experience right then and made sure that the baby had a good start. And that was just really kind of where I was like, okay, I need to do something different labor and delivery was so stressful. (laughs) It was a very stressful job. And I, once I left, I was like, wait, I have to work. I don't know how to not work, even though my dream was to be a stay-at-home mom. And that was what I really, really was wanting. I soon was like, nope, I gotta, I gotta do what I love. And so that was, you know, helping Mom, so I just jumped in and I started researching how to become an IBCLC, and it was it was hard. Extensive process. Yes, yes, it is. They do not make it easy for you. Yeah, there's a very there's a very limited number in the world. Like I I remember seeing a stat somewhere. Isn't it under forty thousand in the whole world? Yes, I I wrote the number and now I'm like, was it thirty three thousand? It's something. Yeah, under forty. Small number. Yes, they do make it pretty, you know, hard, not hard, but it is an extensive, you know, journey to get through. So, um, I just started it and took about a year, um, because I did have my hours helping moms and babies, um, in labor and in my job. So I just had to do some online work and lots of just studying for the exam and, yeah, I, it's almost been a year now that I've been an IBCLC officially, so um, I've just really been loving it. So That's awesome. And would you say Thanks. that your own, obviously your own personal breastfeeding journeys, because they've, they've happened for each one of your children, mm-hmm. would you say those were also contributing factors to kind of leading you to want to work in this, in this way to support other women? Definitely. I love, I just love breastfeeding. It's, it is hard. And I will complain once in a while to my husband and he's like, you love this. Like, why, why do you complain about it? I'm like, it is hard, you know? So I think well, that's I motherhood, just, right? right. I know. <laughs> we love he's every so second silly. of it, but yes. we're also like, oh, I need to yes. complain a little. Oh my gosh. But yeah, at my journey, I loved it. I want other moms to enjoy it. They don't have to love it every minute, but I really want them to love some of it at least, you know, so helping them just get a good start is where I really, I just, that's my favorite part of watching, you know, my moms just succeed or pass their like goals and just kind of getting those updates from my moms. Yeah. Um, That's my, my favorite part, so. That's awesome. Yeah. And so you would say probably one of the more rewarding things for you is, is it being there for the moms kind of in the front end or is it just helping people with more long-term breastfeeding? What, what for you has been, has been the most rewarding thing thus far? Um, I, I like getting them started. I love just kind of watching them figure it out and watch those babies figure it out. And I do like the long-term. I love hearing 
like a lot of my moms now are their babies are hitting like that six month seven month old and I'm just loving watching them still breastfeed and they're still loving it and just kind of watching the whole I guess the whole idea of it and of course of I don't see everybody through their whole journey but you know I do make friends throughout this process so I have gotten to see you know lots of moms really succeed and so I think that's one of my my favorite you know parts of it my poor IBCLC had to see me definitely I think I went to see her at 10 months still because we were still having some like little issues so I mean it was kind of fun though to see her again because she got to see how big Owen was and all that kind of stuff so it it was nice to see her again I wish it wasn't because you know hashtag nipple pain that always (laughs) just exists for me but you know yeah no, but it is, it's neat to have like the, at least someone you can, you can check in with our hospital here in Rhode Island has a, a thing called the warm line and you can call and a nurse will call you back within an hour and they will direct you to, to an LC if you need that. Um, and so it was just kind of neat that anytime, like I would have even just a question, whether it was a fully, like full coming into the hospital for an appointment or just a simple question, they would always you know, be there and be available and they're the, you know, they're the experts in the field. And that was just so helpful, you know? So I'm sure, Alicia, it's just tremendous for these women to know that they can call you and reach out to you because it's not as if, you know, after the first week, oh, I've got it down. You know, it's, I feel like it's a really like evolved process. Do women cry at every appointment they see you like I did? <laughs> Sometimes, yes, yes. That is. I kept normal. always apologizing. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure I just like have an utter meltdown every time I see you because I think it's just the exhaustion and it's like, okay, oh, yeah. now I have to tell you everything. Yes, yeah. totally <laughs> <It's> normal. <funny. laughs> so um, obviously not every single woman does choose to breastfeed, but those who, who do choose to breastfeed or decide that they want to get started on breastfeeding or they're interested in it, What do you think about, I guess, how would you advise a mother if she says, you know, I'm interested in it, she's currently pregnant, what what kind of advice do you do you give to that mom who wants to educate herself about breastfeeding, but she's still in her pregnancy phase? Mm -hmm. I always recommend a like a prenatal consult or class for the moms to go to. Um, I just think that just getting to know your boobs like that is a big thing it's like what do these do (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean a lot of people don't touch their boobs or look at them or really know how they work so I think just kind of asking those questions and finding out like what are they gonna do what is baby gonna do with them or you know is it gonna hurt should it hurt I just think the more knowledge that moms can get while they're pregnant it's gonna just make things that much easier when the baby comes out because some moms have never held babies they I mean I watched many moms in the hospital just hold their baby and they they were like I don't know what to do what do what do I do and you know and I mean that was me I don't (laughs) think I'd ever held a a baby of that size or that age you know I might have held like a one-year-old so yeah it was totally totally foreign to me yeah Mm -hmm. and I think you know just that knowledge is power you know of knowing what is going to happen and of course it doesn't always work out exactly the way you know but going over different scenarios I always talk to moms about if you had a c-section or if this or that there's a lot of you know stuff that goes along with it so Um, and I think when you're pregnant and you do some, um, breastfeeding education, you can usually, moms will end up being breastfeeding longer, like in the long run. Um, 
And I think if you just have any doubts or concerns, you should just meet with a lactation consultant to just kind of get those concerns out of the way so that you feel comfortable and confident going into breastfeeding if that's what you want to do. So that's a really smart idea because I I, I just did like a simple class at the hospital that just kind of felt a little perfunctory, but I feel like it would have been helpful to speak with someone on a more like individual basis and just say, hey, these are kind of, you know, because I did, I, I did have some thoughts and concerns and questions. And, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's a really wonderful idea. So, so you do have women that reach out to you then even during their pregnancies just to kind of start to get their feet wet a little bit. Yes, I do a lot of um, prenatal consults and I will, it's usually moms that actually have already had a baby and they had a bad experience their first time or mm. had issues. And so they want to kind of troubleshoot before just to kind of be like, what did I do wrong or what was going on? Can you help me? So that's usually, I mean, I have seen, you know, new moms, of course, but a lot of times it's um, not their first baby. So I think I think you can never get too much information. So um. Well, you're you're talking to the right people. Emma and I are Google Queens. <laughs> <laughs> for better or for worse. That's, mostly for worse. That's true. <laughs> Actually I find that I find that my Googling has a direct relationship to the time of day. So any Googling that was like that infant newborn phase that happened between the hours of like 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. was probably just like the rabbit hole Googling, you know? See, I tried to tell my husband any Amazon shopping that happened during those hours didn't count against me, but he did not completely agree with <laughs> he that. Did, he didn't so. fall for that? Hey, no, like no, that. no. I like that a lot. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> so, Alicia, do you have any specific books or even Instagram accounts or online resources, anything that, you know, just... Obviously, I'm sure you have quite a list, but if you had just a, a couple that you could just throw out there that perhaps might be helpful for whether somebody is still in that pregnancy phase or they're a new mom or even a mom who's who's have, has an older child but is still breastfeeding that, that might be helpful. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, and I'll even um, link it, link send links to my clients from this, is kellymom.com. They are everything breastfeeding. So... Um, it's great evidence-based um, information. So usually if I just get, you know, some random questions from people I don't really know, I will usually send them a link from there just um, because it has really great information. So that's one of my favorite. Um, usually I still it, refer to her for I was everything. Say, <laughs> yeah. If I have like any <laughs> question, she's the first resource that I look she's for. Got just everything. because I feel like it's really trusted and reliable. So Yeah, it definitely is. And then Instagram, I would say me. I'm just kidding. Uh, um, you can give yourself a shout out. No shame. No, you have a wonderful account and we're oh gonna be gosh. we're gonna be posting about it too. Oh, yeah. So thank yeah, you. No thank shame. You. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean every almost every IBCLC now has an Instagram account and I think you know most of them are posting really great information so maybe finding like a local your local IBCLC following them um I like Dr. Sears he has um the breastfeeding book he's really knowledgeable I really like him and then you know um for medications a lot of people always will message me and say like can I take this medication can I take this or do that um and Dr. Hale has the um, infant risk um, website. So that one's great for like medications and knowing if something's safe. So, and for Dr. Sears, it's spelled S E A R S, correct? Yes. Yep. And then Dr. Hale Sears. is, is, is Hale H- just 
A L E, yeah. H A L E. Okay, awesome. Cool. Yeah, those are two of my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm not like a huge book reader. Most of the books I've read are from like education and schooling, so they're pretty boring, I guess. I tried but... to read the mother. Was it the motherly art of breast? The yes, womanly art yeah, of breastfeeding. Yes, there we go. I was like, no mother. Yeah. And I mean, it's a great resource, but I just remember opening it up. I was like, okay, I'm going to prepare to breastfeed. And I opened up. I was like, I can't read this. Like it it was very, I mean, very educational, very detail oriented, but for a new mama, it was a little, little much. So I, yeah, I, I actually have that book and I did use it as a more of like, almost like an encyclopedia. So like I will consult it for things. And I found that like, I, you know, I, I read it kind of during my pregnancy a little bit, just kind of the beginning part. And then I went into it for like the various stages. I do like how it's broken up by stage. So like, you know, the, the first initial few weeks and then, you know, months, et cetera. So it's, it's a good resource, yeah, but it is it's definitely a, a thick one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little bit daunting. So, so question concerning those first, I would say 12 to 72 hours after giving birth. So when I was in the hospital and, and Emma tell me if this is your experience too. I was visited by a lactation consultant, I would say 12 hours or so, maybe 24 after Emerson was born. Did somebody come by and visit you too, Emma? Yeah, they did. I I don't even remember how soon it was, but yeah, it was definitely within that first probably 12 hour window or so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like it was, you know, it was, I I suppose it was helpful, although it kind of felt a little bit like she came in, she watched him nurse and then she left. I mean, I, I, I didn't necessarily feel like I got maybe the, the maximum amount that I could have out of it. And I've also had a few people in my life that I've known who have in that beginning time, maybe it was painful, they felt like the baby was crying and their milk hadn't come in yet and there just was, you know, some frustration. So then they decided, okay, no, breastfeeding is not for me. So my question for you, Alicia, is what kind of suggestions do you have to help moms stick with it in those first few days where it feels like support is maybe there, but you don't even really know how to ask for it and... You know, what, what could be helpful for moms in those initial few hours and days? Right. Um, so it's hard in the hospital. I feel for those lactation consultants a little bit. I have a good friend that still works in the hospital as a lactation consultant, and she does private practice. And it's hard because I think these, um, these LCs have so many patients and they're just kind of being called to rooms often and they don't get that you know time so I think that with new moms in the hospital is just really sticking to it lots of skin to skin trying you know even asking your nurse your postpartum nurse like hey this is important to me and speaking up and just saying you know can you help me Or can you help me set up this pump if you're needing to pump, if baby's in the NICU? So many times I had, you know, patients that hadn't even started pumping yet and their baby was in the NICU for the last 12 hours and no one helped them. And, you know, I think it's just hard because nurses get busy, of course, and there's so much to do and they just, I don't know. And it's hard to like think about someone else's journey, I guess, when you're at work and you're forgetting like these people want what's best and uh, oh it's just so hard um so I what does it mean for a mom's milk to come in because I hear a lot of times I just think it'd be interesting to explain that because I hear a lot of times uh, moms have said like well my milk never came in or it's been a day and you know baby's not getting any milk so can you explain that process a little bit yeah, um, your colostrum will be there first, so your milk doesn't come in until like three or five days, three to five days, um, and so you'll have that colostrum, and usually it's not 
it's not going to start, you know, pouring out right away in those first couple of hours. You might only get a couple drops. You might not even be able to hand express any. Um, but baby, as they suckle, they're going to stimulate that to come, your, you know, colostrum to come. But their tummies are so tiny, so they only need a couple really good sucks, and they're going to get what they need. They don't need to be on there for, you know, hours or anything like that. But a lot of times, I think moms get really scared that they don't have any milk so then they say okay well I'm just going to give a bottle and then they don't go back to breastfeeding and then their milk doesn't come in because there was no stimulation at the breast so so the milk coming in is just when your milk is transitioning to mature milk so that is usually it common is... for women to start leaking while pregnant because guess what that happened to Did me you? and it <laughs> totally freaked me out I had oh no gosh. earthly idea that was that was a thing <laughs> yes it is common it can happen um but it doesn't happen obviously for everybody and you can actually at like 37 weeks or so you can start collecting it and just kind of pulling it it might be very small amounts where you know you're not really getting much but you can pull it up into little syringes take it to the hospital if you know you want to supplement so some, some people will do that um, some people even start pumping or putting on like a haka if they are leaking like a lot um, so yeah leaking is cool. definitely normal and it can happen Glad like... I'm normal somewhere. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. well speaking of a little bit about pumping what is your recommendation for moms and the beginning phases in terms of like starting starting to pump? I the reason I ask this question is I know that for some for some women and this was certainly my case, I thought, oh, it'd be nice to be able to take a break. You know, my husband can feed the baby or my mother in law or my mom or whatever. And so I thought it'd be nice if I pumped a little bit. But I think um, I think it definitely it definitely was a bit of a challenge though as well because then you know you're you're pumping and you're perhaps making a little bit too much milk so just your question you know my question for you would be related to that yeah i think a lot of times moms are you know feel pressured to pump or they got this pump and they're like i need to use it or maybe like a nurse had told them in the hospital you should be pumping after mm. every feed which i had heard from multiple clients before where I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. You don't have to, you know, if baby's nursing well. So um, I always recommend between four and six weeks getting out that pump. Maybe you can get it out before and just kind of look it over, start researching it. Or if you do have a lactation consultant come see you, you know, just talking to them about it and saying like, hey, am I using the right flange size? Am I using this right? It's most people are pretty overwhelmed by it. So I think just kind of doing your research on it, asking you know, somebody about it and then not putting it on too soon. Um, I think that's kind of a problem that I see often um, is that you can create an oversupply if you are nursing and then pumping after every single feed. Um, some moms do have to do that. That is sometimes something that needs to be done if they are having supply issues or baby's not able to um, empty the breast all the way. So, um, it's all, I guess everyone is so different, so it's hard to know when the pump is actually needed. And some moms don't ever have to use a pump, so, but oh, four to six weeks. That would have been a dream. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, four to six weeks, that's when you're going to introduce 
the bottle usually that's the good window time is that four to six week mark especially if you want baby to take a bottle or if you're going back to work um is that four to six weeks so pumping I always say like if you're just wanting to just start that bottle just pump after a morning feed and maybe at a night feed and just do small little amounts in a bottle like a one ounce bottle and let you know dad or your significant other um feed baby because if you try to feed the baby it's usually not going to work and those first couple times giving a bottle they're going to want the real thing yeah well that's good to know that's definitely something that I feel like I did not do correctly I I just started using the pump a little bit and then my supply you know increased and so then I just thought it was oh it had to keep pumping and had to keep pumping and and Mm -hmm. so you know I think I I wish I would have taken those four to six weeks to just allow my baby to set my supply yes yeah Yeah. I think that's important and what what could you share with us with your expertise on distracted nursing so kind of thinking about those those times when the babies get particularly distracted it seems like I would say maybe it was around I think around nine months, eight to nine months was really a tough one for us where, you know, he, I mean, I had to be in the room, in the dark, sound noise on, everything. And so how can moms know that the baby isn't just trying, you know, the baby's not trying to wean, maybe my baby might just be simply being more aware of the world and then less patient when it comes to nursing. So how can, how can a mom, I guess, know the difference and not be discouraged when it feels like baby is suckling for like 30 seconds and popping off and just wants to play. Right. I just, um, a couple of weeks ago posted about this on my Instagram about distracted nursing and well, with my daughter, I, she's like always on and off, on and off, on and off. So I totally get that. But yes, you said it, dark room, sound machine. That's always my first, you know, question. Are you doing that? That's going to be, the first thing to try, of course, um, you can try feeding the baby in a baby carrier. So sometimes they just need to be like pinned down and most of the time they just want to be near you, but they also want to be able to see the world. So I think being in like a big baby carrier, like a Tula or a Lilla baby, um, is a really good place to feed your baby it takes some practice that's so interesting Um, I never actually fed him in a carrier I don't know why that seems that seems so intimidating to me like I don't know how to do this it's pretty you know you just loosen one side and kind of you have to hold the breast usually but (laughs) so um lots of snuggles I always say like get in bed and just kind of hang out and snuggle so a lot of times I hear it at like the four month mark. My, the moms are like, okay, they're starting to get distracted. That's like the first time they get distracted. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it's I like, that's true too. I saw yeah. that too. And then the eight to nine months, you know, they're starting to crawl and everything's new. So then they're a new distraction. And so I think just kind of watching and see what they do. Um, some babies will wean earlier, but usually it's after a year or so that they will wean. Um, and then not always. Some of them don't wean for a very long time. But Do you have any magical advice for uh, toddlers who now like to nurse and try acrobatic movements at the oh, same yeah. time? Um, yeah, that's, that's our new it. step. It's really fun. <laughs> right. oh, today, embrace my husband it. walks yes. in and he's like half trying to hang off the nursing chair. And he's like, do you? And he keeps trying. My husband walks in and tries to sit him back in my lap. And I'm like, do you not think I've tried that already? Right. So, oh yeah, gosh. it's Just a new go. game. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> as long as you, you know, leave my nipple attached to my body, we're okay. 
right yeah (laughs) it's hard oh my gosh I don't the weaning I don't you know I they definitely are weaning sometimes you know it's hard to know if they are for sure weaning or you kind of just watch you know how they how they are acting be patient with them um and you just kind of look and see what's going on with you maybe you've cut some like calories and your supply is becoming lower um or you're limiting feeds or you're like okay like let's wait you're not offering a feed or maybe you're saying you know no you can have boob later or you know and they're gonna start like picking up on your cues too where it's like okay maybe they're gonna start not asking for it as much um so you kind of have to look and see what what's going on with the weaning and if it is that or if they're just really distracted and that's well, usually that's a, <laughs> usually that's an interesting topic I guess you brought up that I'm going to side notice on is so you talked about cutting calories and how that can negatively affect um, milk supply do you see that a lot because there is so much pressure for women to you know get their post baby body back and that kind of stuff so do you see women struggling with that you know juxtaposition of wanting to lose weight and then still trying to nurse yeah, I do. I think that people have this expectation that if you nurse, you just lose weight and that's what you do. But um, that's really not the case for all moms. Um, so I I think more, it's not even that they're cutting calories. They're just so busy or forgetting to eat and then they're not eating enough calories. And there are, of course, people that, you know, are wanting to cut the calories, but Yes, it can definitely affect your supply. So I just really teach like you don't have to eliminate any foods. You don't have to eat a special diet necessarily, but you want to keep those calories up even, you know, if you're breastfeeding. And it's, I mean, some people can do extreme diets and still breastfeed, which I don't obviously recommend, but um, but others can really struggle with with their supply with cutting calories so yeah I've I've always noticed a pretty distinct relationship between you know if if I am not having as much food intake maybe it wasn't feeling great or I wasn't eating as much and then you know if maybe I'm working out a little bit too much I always do find that that that's something that that can have a pretty direct impact so it's interesting yeah and Emma and I always talk about how starving we are (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think it's just simply because we're in quarantine. I think it's also related to the fact yes. that we have hungry boys. Yes. So. I don't have it even as much now, but gosh, I remember those first few months of breastfeeding, I was just so ravenous. I oh mean, it was gosh. like pregnancy hunger was nothing compared to You should have seen my order months. at Chick-fil-A. It was <laughs> very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I just had hidden bars by every like nursing chair. Every place I might get up and nurse in the middle of the night, there was like a Lara bar or, or a cookie or something. Snacks, Cause I yeah. just, if I woke up, you know, to feed, I had to eat something. I was starving. <laughs> For sure. So Alicia, what do you recommend in terms of, you know, if a, if a mom's just happily nursing, like, I mean, you could take the two of us as an example, 14 months along, the boys are still nursing, you know, and, and cause people do start to ask, like, so what's your timeline? How long are you going to nurse? And I feel like I never really know what to say. Because I'm like, well, it's going well now. I mean, you know, I guess if 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 you could if you could choose for people and say this is a really great time, what what are your thoughts on that? What you know, because obviously there's societal expectations versus what's right for each family versus what's you know is mom working or not, etc. Yeah, um, I have gone through this for a long time with people asking me 
how long are you going to nurse your babies? Or always asking, like, are you still breastfeeding your five-year-old or (laughs) your seven-year-old? Where I'm like, okay, come on, guys. Like, it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) But um, I just, I think just doing what works for you and telling people to mind their own business. (laughs) That's a, you know, not really. But I'm glad you you said that. No, that's exactly what I've done. I've had some family give me the kind of like, so you're still doing that? Like how much longer is that going to be a thing? And I kind of just politely tell them, well, it's not your business. So thanks. Thanks for your input. Yeah. I, I have a hard time with that. So I just, you know, say, well, it's, you know, this is what we're doing. So I don't, I don't know whenever they want to stop, you know, and it's not, not everyone just goes until their baby stops some days. It's, you know, the mom chooses to stop and that's okay too. But I think, you know, our society has made it be a weird thing if they're breastfeeding after a year or two years. And, you know, I just, I love when I hear stories about moms still breastfeeding and, you know, I think people are getting more and more um, it's getting out there more, so it's not as taboo as before. So, but you know, family likes to just give their own opinion. And now, do you find a lot of babies self wean around a certain age? I mean, I'm sure it's a pretty wide range, but you know, what is what does that often look like for women that are pretty open to extended breastfeeding? Yeah, um, usually around the time that they're walking, eating solid foods, where they're actually eating meals, maybe with the family, drinking, you know, milk or out of sippy cups, or, you know, maybe mom went back to work, um, and maybe not pumping as much, but it's usually, I mean, if you're nursing and you're nursing through the day, like, they're probably going to nurse for a long time, you know? So. Well, I don't know if that bodes well or not for us, Mackenzie, so we <laughs> right. might be doing this forever. Forever. I know. I know. It's our, okay. Our, Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I was going to say our future podcast, we're still nursing. Yep. We're still nursing. <laughs> yep. 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 That's so okay. if you wouldn't mind, at least you're just telling us just a little bit about, obviously the acronym is TOT, the tethered oral tissue. And, you know, it's obviously with specifics to, to tongue ties and then just, um, helping our listeners understand the difference between assessing and diagnosing, um, if, if their baby does have any of those tethered oral tissue issues. Yeah. Um, so with assessing, that's what I do. What an IBCLC would do is we would assess baby. So, um, I assess all my babies if my moms are okay with it. So that would have, I would be going into their, the baby's mouth with gloves, looking in there, doing a suck assessment, um, just looking over the anatomy. And if I suspect or I see some, um, like tethered or, um, restrictive tissue, I will then, um, refer them to a specialist who can then diagnose it. Um, so yeah, we, so lactation consultants can't diagnose it. Um, but we can definitely say, this is what I see. I always show the parents. I always say, this is what I'm looking at. Do you see this? And most of them have looked it up, maybe Googled it and looked Mm -hmm. at pictures. And so I show them what I see and they're usually like, that's a tongue tie, right? And I'm like, most likely yes, <laughs> but you know, a specialist needs to verify and diagnose it for sure. So yeah, um, I see them 
you know, pretty often because usually moms are coming to me because they're having some major issues and lots of pain and um, maybe weight gain issues with babies. So I do see them um, quite often. All right, Alicia. So I, a lot of people talk about if it's if you're doing nursing correctly, it should never hurt. What What's kind of your opinion on that? Is that truth? Is that fact? Yeah, I don't think that it should hurt. It's definitely something that you don't want to start out with it hurting. That's definitely like a sign that's, you know, that there's something probably going on. You um, might feel some discomfort at first. Um, I used to tell my moms that you, in the hospital, I would say, well, you never had anything sucking on your boobs for a long period of time. So there's going to be this, you know, uncomfortable feeling. So you will want to um, talk to somebody. You'll usually, you know, see an IBCLC, hopefully in the hospital, um, and maybe talk to them about the latch. Uh, they usually aren't going to be the ones who will assess a baby if there is any issues, you know, in the mouth with any tethered oral tissue. So, um, and even the pediatrician that you see in the hospital, they usually are not the people that are going to help you. So I always say if you're having pain when you come out of the hospital and it's still painful as your milk is coming in, then you need to have someone come see you or come to a breastfeeding group or gotcha. just so get definitely a, a difference opinion. between discomfort and pain. Yes. Yes. Got it. Gotcha. Cool. Okay, cool. And um, right now, Alicia, you're currently still able to serve your mamas, even though this is a social distancing time for us because of COVID-19, you're still able to, to be available to them through video conference at this time, right? Yes, I am doing um, virtual calls. Right now, I, my support group that we do twice a month, we're going virtual actually tomorrow. So I'm excited to get that started. And um, I actually am doing in-home visits still with my moms. Um, I am taking precautions, of course, and I'm, it's up to the parents, of course, and we're, you know, going through all the steps to make it, you know, appropriate and okay and safe for mom and baby. Um, just because this is an important time for moms to breastfeed, they want to have breastfeeding work, you know, for them. So well, it's not really it's, something you can just press pause and we'll come back to it in a few months. So exactly. yeah. right, right. And you know, not everything can be done virtually. So for moms that it is important, I will, um, go see them in their homes. Yep. That's good. That's wonderful. And we're also going to put, um, your information both on our Instagram and obviously in our show notes just so that women can be aware whether or not they're local in Arizona or outside of Arizona that you certainly would be available whereas can't fly to across the country to somebody you would be able to do the virtual consults etc so that's wonderful for people to know and I think it's it's fantastic that you're available during this time because obviously it's great if you can go into a home but if that's not the case and someone prefers a virtual visit I mean that is so much better than nothing especially at this time when I'm just imagining so many moms going through this and struggling and feeling very alone so it's wonderful you have that available so just a couple questions kind of some quick fire Q&A that comes a little bit from some of our listeners and from some of us just 
just a little bit of quick troubleshooting. So questions for you if you don't mind. So this is a baby, a nine-month-old baby, and he is sleeping from about 6.30 p.m. until like 7 or 7.30 a.m. Mama hit the jackpot on this one. He sleeps about 13 hours a night. And mom last pumps before leaving work around 5 p.m. and then doesn't nurse or pump until the baby wakes up the next morning. So that's about a 14-hour gap. Is it advised that, you know, that mom should consider doing at least one pump um, or is a 14-hour stretch all right? Again, maybe baby's nine months old, but she doesn't, she's not trying to wean, so. I guess I would want to know kind of what is going on during the day with her nursing, so um, I would probably add a pump in there if I could because just to maybe relieve myself. I don't know if she is just working like three nights a week or, you know, as a nurse or if this is like an every night kind of thing. So lots of questions for that. But I would probably add in one like middle of the night pump session, even if it was like 10, 15 minutes or maybe just some like hand expression Um, or maybe, you know, even in the morning on your drive home, like hooking yourself up before you leave to drive home depending on if there was traffic you know or if you had a longer commute just to give yourself some relief especially if she felt like her supply was um dipping in the daytime but yeah okay so being aware of that and um a similar question but the Mm -hmm. baby is a little bit younger so this baby's about four months old sleeping eight to eight and mom is home full-time with baby but since the baby does a 12-hour stretch and he is younger, would it be recommended that maybe mom does a pump at, say, I don't know if she goes to bed a couple hours after the last feeding, like 10 p.m., should she throw a pump in at 10 or maybe a pump the next morning at 6 a.m. before baby wakes up around 8? I would do one before bed. That before would definitely bed. be recommended. Even, okay. you know, for the next, like, couple months, like, two months or so, um, just get that extra pump in um that's awesome that baby is sleeping that long <laughs> I know she's super she's jealous a, she's a lucky but, mom both these right. moms are really lucky yeah but yes I would add an extra pump session just because baby is kind of young and those nighttime feeds are important that milk you know has good stuff in it so cool. yeah good thank you and then mm-hmm. a question for you about using a haka so mm-hmm. This question is actually, this one's personal for me because this is something that I'm still experiencing. So Emerson breastfeeds four times a day, but Mm -hmm. he basically will only nurse on one side. He doesn't really switch. If I switch him, he gets distracted and and he's done nursing. So he usually (laughs) just stays on one. So I haka the opposing side. So each each one of the four times, I just haka the other side and then I switch the next time, et cetera. And if I don't do that, it's such a long stretch. So is that, is that all right? Is that something you, you know that women you you work with before have done yes I have um that is impressive that you're using it at 14 months yeah so I could never get much out of that so that's what it amazes me that you can yeah that is really amazing I don't see very many moms that use it much past you know six months or so so that is very impressive um but yeah I think that's great I think that is amazing what are you doing with the milk does he just drink it out of a cup or exactly yep so I just save it and I give him um it's a Emma actually introduced me to it I love it it's the munchkin weighted straw cup okay yeah and so I just pour the milk in there and then he has it for like you know 
the rest throughout the rest of the day and if there's ever a little bit extra I just stick it in my freezer and then you know periodically donate um when I have enough to donate so yeah no, but that's that's, that's that's okay to do that then yes definitely okay. so good yeah. good for mamas to know with with using the haka then it doesn't because I've heard mixed things about it increasing supply or whatnot yeah but um no it's not a pump it's not an active you know pump it's just kind of pulling a little bit and okay. usually you know if you feel like it's causing you over supply then maybe you know not suctioning it on as hard you can mm-hmm. like lightly suction so it's just kind of getting that um leaking the letdown you know on the other side while you're feeding so great yeah. thank you um another question a four and a half month old who started sucking his thumb which is helpful for mama because now he can mm-hmm. self-soothe but now mom is experiencing a little bit of nipple pain obviously this one's kind of tough because you're not really directly mm-hmm. with mom or baby but is do you ever see a correlation between the two and is if is this something that maybe mom should seek out uh an appointment to, yes. to figure out more with with an expert I would, yes, figure out what is going on in there, in the mouth. Um, but it's possible that maybe baby is teething early mm. um, and they are wanting stuff in their mouth. Um, so that's a possibility. And sometimes you'll feel that nipple pain because they're starting to kind of chomp a little more. They're uh, more aware of their mouth. So we see like a little bit different difference in their latch um, when teething starts. And of course, teething can start, you know a month or two before teeth really actually erupt. So um, that might be something that's going on. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. And your recommendation for a clogged milk duct is there, do you have like a, a surefire remedy? Are you like, this is what mamas need to do? Yes. I always recommend the haka, of course. With the haka, um, I'll have them put some warm water in it, Epsom salt, and suction it on and just kind of soak that breast. Um, you'll massage, um, you'll put that suction, so hopefully it will draw out um, the clogged duct. You can massage, and then I also say get like a vibrating toothbrush or any kind of vibrating thing. Uh, put it right there on that clogged duct and do that <laughs> at the same time. And there you go. Emma and I have done the, <laughs> Emma and I have the, done the, the toothbrush. Yes, yes. It's, it should work usually, you know, lots of massage and keep nursing. A lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, I can't nurse or it hurts too much, but you really want to keep that baby, you know, on and nursing. So, yeah. And you put the, the, the hot water right in the haka and then just have the, that hot water then right around the, 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 obviously it's around the nipple too, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you can do some like warm heating pad too, if you want to add some extra, or you can use a bowl. Of course, if you don't have a haka, you can d- dunk your breast in there for a couple minutes um a couple times a day and hopefully get that duct clear awesome good to know and then Mm -hmm. one final question is just healthy food options for especially for for mamas during this time with social distancing some of us certainly have less of an uh, access to fresh produce so Mm -hmm. do you just have a couple kind of quick frozen you know food items or just 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 a couple things that you might say hey I know you can't really run to the store and get your normal produce, but right. these things are in the freezer aisle or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I really, I love, um, for my moms, I just, I love just having, this isn't frozen, of course, but um, trail mix is having trail mix nearby mm-hmm. or having like a bag of it on your little nursing um, 
tray or what is it um cart or something yes Mm -hmm. the um what else I you know just making sure you have snacks everywhere I always when I see moms that have snacks next to their bed I'm like yes thank you (laughs) like that that was me that is perfect (laughs) yes and there's a lot of times that they don't but um when I see them I always point them out like good job you're eating um but really you know if you're just eating good whole foods I mean it doesn't necessarily have to be fresh you can get frozen vegetables frozen fruit just keep jars of peanut butter around your right yes (laughs) like that's all you really need in life right lots of peanut butter oatmeal you know those are good things you know nothing's gonna you know make you make a magical amount of milk but you know keeping those calories up and eating good food but if you want to eat cookies too that's that's okay too. <laughs> you got to get those extra calories. You are you're talking to the right girl. I am. I sometimes feel like the cookie monster. So glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, goodness, Alicia, thank you so much for your time. Would you mind sharing just a little bit more with our listeners about how they can connect with you via both your website and Instagram? Since obviously mm-hmm. this would be helpful for women both locally for you in Arizona, but also women across the country too. Yeah, my Instagram is just mama.bird.lactation.services. You can find me there. And then uh, my website is mamabirdlactation.weebly.com. And then my Facebook is just mamabirdlactationservices. So I'm mostly on Instagram. You'll see a lot more posts on there and just kind of I'll share my life a lot of times on my stories. I just I show my kids a lot or my nursing journey with my daughter. So um, it's usually me making really silly TikToks or, mm-hmm. you know, just making videos with my children. So it's pretty entertaining, at least I think it is. But um, and then I love to post information and old stuff, too, for my moms and post about different events or um, classes that I might be teaching. So, yeah, those are my contacts. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously going to be including your name and and your information too in our show notes so mamas can check that out but we just want to thank you again so much for being here tonight thank you for joining us and if you would kindly rate and review us on itunes and spotify if you enjoyed this episode we're very happy to just keep those ratings up because they allow more moms to discover our podcast and we also would love for everyone to tune in next week em and i are going to have a conversation about feeding our family families and we're going to talk about meals and snacks and more snacks and more snacks <laughs> and, <laughs> and cookies <laughs> we're going to have ideas suggestions basically what we're cooking kind of how we rock and roll um especially right now with a little bit of less access necessarily to all of those fresh produce items so a little bit more frozen pantry staple options etc so that is what we have for everyone today thank you again for joining us and again a huge thank you to alicia thank you have Thanks, a great day everybody bye bye